Very good. Well, I want to thank Chris and, uh, and Brad. <laughs> John, that's a big help. It's a, that I Notice, worshiping the only way they knew how, they just or didn't want to get into a deeper worship. And, and his, his thought from that time on the rest of his life was he wanted to, to grow closer to God. He wanted to get into a deep relationship with God. And he wanted to worship, and he wanted to, when he opened up the Bible, that it would soak into his heart in a, in a depth that, that, that he hadn't been taught. And so that became his goal in life. And, and of course, now, if you know who he is, he... He uh, has started many churches. He has a huge church up around Chicago and just all kinds of things he's done over the last 25, 30 years. And uh, he's a remarkable man of God. But, uh, and so as I read that book a little bit and I thought about the, everything around us, the beauty and everything around us, I just come up with it. And this word padlock just kept coming to me over the last couple of weeks. And it was like a lot of us, even though we may love God and know God, a lot of us sometimes we, we kind of got a padlock on our heart. And the padlock is that we're comfortable where we are. Yet, are you, maybe it's not maybe where God wants us to be. He, he's always pulling us closer, wanting to draw us closer. But when we get so comfortable and then we put the padlock down and we lock, we lock up that heart and say, this is enough for me, I think we're missing out on a lot of God's glory. And eventually, if we're not living our life, to reveal God's glory, then what are we doing? Because we want God's glory to come down. Amen? Everybody say, I want God's glory to come down. Absolutely. And not just on Sunday morning. And, 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 and one of the thoughts was, we've gone two weeks, and is that are you excited about coming to church? And in, in Psalms 84, we're going to look through that today if we get time a little bit. We'll look through that a little bit today. It's that they were excited. They were going on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and to a festival. And they were so excited that it was, it was, it's revealing how, how, how excited they were to worship. How excited they were to, to know God. And that, that's where we're going to take off in James 488 this morning. And, and, and I, just, I just hope at the end of the time we get done here in the next half hour or so that, that we start to grow a little closer to God. That we can just for once take the key is which is worship, 
Unlock the padlock of your heart and let God enter in a way that you've never allowed him to enter that heart before. And each one of you have to do it individually. I can't do it for you. All I can do is give you words from the Bible which will open that heart. You have to accept it. You have to be willing to not let anything of this world distract you. Let's pray. Father, as we come to your word this morning, Lord, and we, we start to dig deep into what worship means and what growing close to you means, Father, I ask you, Lord, that, uh, that for this next few moments, that everyone sitting here, and, and Lord, that you would just open our hearts to a deep love, to a deep understanding, that we not be satisfied with where we are, that would never come across our hearts, that we would always be unlocked for more of who you are. We bless this morning, Jesus, and amen. Amen. Padlock. I'm always amazed uh, that, that I have a church to come back to preach in. I just, I just, that always just kind of, I got to pinch myself all the time because that, I'm just always amazed that I keep thinking, well, nobody's going to show up. <laughs> A lot of people are gone today. we got people up here on the team. They're on vacation and stuff, and a lot of people are out doing But I'm just always amazed that, that God has allowed me to have a, 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 a small platform to, just to speak his words. And then I, and I think back of all the, all the things that I've been through to get here, too. And, and it was always drawing closer to God, whether it was in a motel room over in Terre Haute or, or where it would be another place in another state somewhere where I'm working and, I, and I'm coming home and praying at night and and it's always drawing closer to God, which brings you to God. Amen? To draw near to God is a call to unity with God. So if I want to draw close to God, which the Bible tells us that that's what we're to do, then it brings a unity with God. And the closer I get to God, the more of this unity, this, this complete unity that I start to have with God. And the more I, I fade back, the more I lock my heart up, the farther away I get. So only certain people really get to enjoy this about God. And it's those people that are willing to open up their hearts, not from shoulders up, but from the toes up. You really get to, to see God in a, in a way that most everybody else knows nothing about. Do you know if you have a habit of reading your Bible and praying that you're just a small percentage in this whole world that do that? You're just a small percentage. I don't know what it might be, but I guarantee it's just a small percentage. That if you come to church every Sunday, you're just a small percentage in this whole world that really gets to enjoy the God that created everything. You're the ones that are growing close to God and trying to understand God. And when you go through your trials and your temptations, those are things growing us closer to God. To draw near to God is to call a unity with God, resulting in boldness for God in many forms. So there's a lot of ways to be in boldness for God. You can't just say, well, just for the evangelist or just for the, the person singing music or, or whoever. There's a lot of ways to grow bold for God. And, and the Bible's full of those ways, and God creates those ways within you. And as you grow through them and as you practice those ways, you grow closer to God. Does that make sense to everybody? We were on top of the mountain, and, and, and Bill and John all know about this. We are top of, where was we at? Was it Glacier National Park, right? Top of the, I, guess, I don't know what they call that mountain. Big mountain. What was the name of that road? The Sun? Vicky? Road to the Sun? 
climbing through the sun, and they meant it. <laughs> uh, especially on bikes, they meant it. And uh, it was around curves and up hills, and you look down, and it was just thousands of feet down, and just the most beautiful things you can imagine. And we got up there, and we, st- we stopped, and there was waterfalls coming down. or not really waterfalls. Water was coming off the rocks, and there was a young man on a bicycle. And that's the first thing, that bicycle, I'm thinking, dude, you're crazy, <laughs> you know. No offense, but we got up here on a motorcycle, it wasn't easy. And uh, he'd come up the other, the other side, it was a little easier, but anyway, uh, we was talking and we took a break there and, and he was putting water in there, getting some water to drink with his bottle and we was getting ready to leave and I went down and talked to him for a few minutes. I, wanted to, I thought there was a reason we were there. And his name was Joseph. He was, a, I think he was Korean, going to UCLA College. Well, he started his journey in June of, the 13th or 14th, I think, out of New York. And he is crossing the country to see the country all by himself on a bicycle. And there was, you know, Joseph, I asked Joseph about the Lord. He knew who the Lord was, and he, he loved the Lord. That was what he told me. But the main thing about it is we got, all of us got together, got to pray around Joseph. And he was heading to UCLA, and boy, he needs prayer. Going to UCLA, or any college for that matter. But he had to be there by September 24th. And it was just a neat adventure that God works on top of mountains. He works in valleys. He works everywhere. If you're looking to where God is at, it works. You know what? You get to grow closer, not to just God, but to, to the people that you're, you're working with about God. That was a wonderful moment. So I won't forget it. I, Bill and Sandy and John Donna and Vicki, they won't forget it. They, we prayed for him quite a bit right after that because we knew where he's, we knew where he's heading down that mountain. It was going to be a rough ride on a bicycle. But if, so if you remember the name Joseph, be praying for him, please. Eight. In James 4, 8, 8, it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Okay, so the draw, that means drawing God towards you. Everybody's got that. We've heard that verse over and over again, right? In other words, but, but, but what, what is the impact when we draw near to God? What is the impact on your life? I mean, you, everybody's sitting here, you either draw near to God or you've pulled away from God at some time in your life. And you tell me, you can just sit in your own heart and you think about it. What was the impact when you draw near to God? And what was the impact when you pulled away from God? Did God, did, God, did God leave you completely when you pulled away? What happened? You know, you all know what happened. When we draw near to God, things start to come together. The, the beauty of everything starts to surround you. When you draw away from God, the things of, of man-made things and materialism starts to take over our lives. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. And nothing fulfills you. It's an empty hole. So when the Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you, that's one thing I start to look at. But how do I draw near to God? I mean, how do I draw near to God? One of the things is I want to learn how to worship God. Now, there's some great people. Aaron Grubb, where's he at? Aaron, raise your hand. That boy knows how to worship. And so do a lot of other people here. A lot of the other musicians, you know how to worship. You love it. But there's even a deeper worship than they know. And it's a worship that is just full of the Holy Spirit that just comes down upon you, that wraps you up, and you love it. And it's addictive worship. You love it. Everybody okay? Okay. It's a worship that's hard. You want to keep going back there over and over and over again. But the only way you can get there is to draw near to God, to bring, allow the Holy Spirit to encompass your whole life. And take that in. 
without a deep sense of knowing Jesus Christ and who you are through him, your salvation will be a replica of what you need salvation to be. Let me read that again. Without a deep, a deep, the word deep I used it again, is a sense of knowing Jesus Christ and who you, and who you are through him. In other words, I, I know who I was. I know who I am. I, I'm, I'm learning that because I'm growing closer to God, and I can always remember who I was before I started worshiping God. You know, worship is the one thing that's going to last for eternity, right? My preaching days will stop, but worship will always continue because that's what we do in heaven. We worship God. So with a deep sense of knowing Jesus Christ and who you are through him, your salvation will only be, will be a replica of what you need salvation to be. In other words, if I don't know the depth of Christ, then my salvation becomes just a replica of what it can be. A lot of Christians are satisfied with that. I'm not. I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want that for the church. I want it to, to come into a deep understanding of God. That's why I preach so hard. A deep, deep understanding of who the Lord Jesus Christ is in your life. And you need to separate yourself from your life and continue to draw closer to God. In Hebrews 4, 16, it reads, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So the word boldly, we'll throw that out there a few times. The word boldly, it's not, it's not something we, we come to, to worship God or come into the throne of grace it's not something we, do, we take lightly, which many of us do. Now, I, I just want some honest hands. Were you excited about being here today? I was. I mean, we should be excited about coming to church. And in, in Psalms 84, if we, when we get into that, we're going to see an excitement that they had to walk. They had to spend time away from family, away from home, to go to the festival, to get close to God. Because at that time, it was just once a year they would come to the Holy of Holies. Now we, the veil's been broke, and we can get to Christ all the time, but once then it was just coming to that temple to see the throne room of God, to see the priest and all that. We come to church every Sunday, but are we excited about coming? And if we're not, whose fault is that? It's, it's, your, own, it's your own individual problem. You can blame it on the church, you can blame it on people, but it, when it boils down to it, it's your heart you have to deal with. And it needs to be unlocked because you're not bringing the glory of God upon your life, you're bringing the glory of self upon your life. And your, and your salvation is just a replica of whatever you want to make it. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. Boldly. In other words, don't be shy about it. But boldly come to God that we may obtain mercy. Mercy, mercy. What do I need mercy for? I need mercy all the time, don't you? Have you got a perfect life out there, do you? No, we need mercy. And find grace, that mercy and grace from the cross, that Christ will give us grace, even though we don't deserve it. And in time of need, and of course in the time of need. In Hebrews 10, 19-22, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to, either the, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. It means boldness because of the cross we can enter into that. In 20, it says, By a new and living way which, we, which he concentrated for us through the veil. That veil was ripped. That is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us Draw near with a true heart in the full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed from pure water. There's a meaning behind that. In the Old, in the Old Testament, in the, in, the, in the temple, they would sacrifice animals in blood and they would sprinkle, stuff would be sprinkled on that. And the pure water is not meant baptism, but it represents the cleansing of that. And it represents the Holy Spirit being upon your life. 
If your goal is to make, if you, if your goal is to make displaying God's glory number one in your life, then worship holds the key. Amen. Let me stop and let's pray. Lord Father, this church is your church. It always has been. Would you bring your, the Holy Spirit upon all of us today, Father, as we come together as a family of God? That this psalm, Father, that it was so beautifully written and so beautifully displayed throughout many years would be in our remembrance, Father, for the rest of our lives. It's in your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Psalms 84, was like, like, like I've been telling you, if your goal is to make displaying God's glory number one in your life, then the worship is the key. Not everybody's called to preach. Not everybody's called to teach Sunday school. Not everybody's called to be a, a deacon or an elder or, or, or plant churches or this, that, and the other. We are all called to worship. Amen? And to worship eternity. We are all called to that. Nobody can say, well, I'm not called to worship. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. It's the one thing that, that it, it's, it just, not the one thing, but the thing that just, just brings glory down upon us is to worship God in a true and loving heart. Have you ever come to church and just gotten in a fight with your wife or Matt or something? Things don't go good, do they? It's like, man, nothing went good. I didn't hear a word the preacher said. Nothing worked out because you came through the doors with the wrong type of attitude, with the wrong type of heart. It's completely wrong. It didn't work. You got to come to God when you walk through your doors, when you get in your car, I mean, when you're getting your kids ready or whatever, you need to be praying for that day, that what will take place in that life. You say, well, I've got it all together real good. Yeah, you're the one that's got together not at all. <clears throat> I want God's glory. This is a repertorial question, but you're going to have to answer yourself. What, what does that mean, that I want God's glory to shine through my life? What, do, what does that mean? In other words, I have to be close to God for that to happen. Everybody agree with that? Say something. Yeah. I, mean, I have to be close. If I want God's glory, and I, I, mean, I really want God's glory to shine through my life, then I have to be close to God. I have to draw near to him, and he promises to draw near to me as I draw near to him. So that part I, I truly believe and understand. But I've really got to draw close to him. And in Psalms 84, 140, now this is before the Holy Spirit was on people's lives. This is before the cross. But yet they, they had it so together, and some of them did anyway. And he starts this psalm out, how lovely is your tabernacle. And he's thinking, just imagine as they're, they're taking off for maybe a, a few days journey and, the, and the, there's not McDonald's at every corner. I mean, they're having to prepare to do these things. And he's just thinking, how lovely is your tabernacle. Well, how lovely is your tabernacles? Can you understand that? I mean, how lovely is the people? And the, the church is not the, the building, but the people. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I have a hard time with people. I moved to Brown County way back when in 1996 because I didn't want to get around people. I really have struggled with people. But the more I get to know God, the more I have to understand it's not good enough to know God. You have to love the people. Amen. Because then I'm not growing close to God. God didn't allow me to grow close to him under my 
under my, whatever the word might be, conditions. I have to take all he gives me and put it within me. And that means loving people. I'm good with a few people. But you put me around a bunch of people, I'm not too good with it. I struggle with it. Does anybody else struggle with that? Do you struggle with the trauma? Do you struggle with the junk? Absolutely we do. Even your own family, you struggle with it. But God says, if you say you love me, then you've got to love people. So, daggone it. I didn't plan on that. I thought I could love them at a distance. Well, come to find out it doesn't work that way because if I love the people at a distance, then that means I'm having to love God at the distance. I'm not drawing close to God, maybe in my mind, but not my heart. Now, love, you can, you can switch the thing from people to other things. Maybe you didn't want to serve God in the way God wants you to serve him. Maybe you didn't want to pay the tithes, or maybe you didn't want to go to Sunday school, or maybe you didn't want to do this. But yet God says, if you love me, you're going to draw near to me. Amen? And that means you take him in and everything that goes with that. Now, do I still struggle with people? Absolutely. And I guess I always will. But it doesn't mean that I don't love people. It means I struggle with people. Does that make any sense to you guys? You guys give me some looks. Help me out here. It makes sense. Okay. But it says, how lovely is your tabernacle? And to me, the tabernacle, I know what it was at that time, but to, today is, is not, oh, look how lovely that pole barn is. And those brown walls and those gray things hanging on the wall. No, it's not lovely. Lovely is the mountains and the waters and the waterfalls and the streams. That's lovely. But to God, people is the most loving thing there is. He loves us. He, he loves us. So therefore, I've got to love the things I don't really want to love. I've got to love them, and I've got to learn how to do that. Amen? Amen. And same with you. You've got to, whatever there is that's distracting you from growing close to God, you've got to learn how to take that in. Even though everything about you says, I don't want it. You've got to learn how to take it in because to draw near to God, to, to see the magnificent beauty of God. Not just his creation, but people. You've got to take it all in. So how lovely is your tabernacle? You people are lovely. Sometimes I don't like it when you talk. But you're lovely. I miss you. It says, oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm not lying, John. How, love is your, how lovely is your tabernacle? Oh, Lord of hosts. And then verse 12 says, my soul longs. Yes. Now, do you think that is just like, my soul longs. It's cool. Yeah, I'm going to be in church. Well, I can be a little bit late. Not a big deal. <laughs> no, to these people, it says, my soul longs. Now you just take that word stretch, like a rubber band man. Just stretch it out. Because that's what it's a longing to be around God and God's people. He loves us. He loves us so much. That he died for us. Amen? Everybody says, I know that. No, do you know that? I mean, do you know the depth of that? And that's when the Holy Spirit will come upon you and it show you the depth and it breaks your heart. Oh, Lord of hosts. Verse 12 says, or 2, it says, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. 
In other words, for, for the surroundings of all the people together. And I can imagine at that time back in the Old Testament, when they're going getting together, it's a, it's a mass of people. And they're all coming together. You know what for? To worship God. To worship God. Their feet are dirty. Their clothes are dirty. They don't have a motor home and motorcycles and, and air conditioning everywhere they go. They're, they're a long time with no electricity. They're struggling to get where they go. They take away time away from their jobs. They have to have all the preparations ready. And they go. Today, for us, it's just a Sunday morning. And a lot of us sitting in different churches don't care whether they're there or not. Because you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Not even the power. You don't even have the Holy Spirit in your life. But if we can worship God and draw close to God, then what he's trying to give us overpowers us and we can deal with all the things around us. Amen? O Lord of hosts, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Faints, and that, that's, a, that's a cool word there, faints. In other words, he, in, in being with God, knowing about what's taking place, it, it is faints. In other words, he's, he's, he's just over amazed with God. I've been to some good concert, good Christian concert. Third, I love Third Day. I've been to a lot of those. I love Chris Tomlin. And I'm going to tell you what, when you get around some of those concerts like that, and I know Aaron's been to them and all of us, everybody been to some of those concerts? Have you ever been to a Chris Tomlin concert? I'll tell you what, man. You get about 10,000 people in one room, they're all worshiping God. That's cool. You ever been over to Kings Island when they got all them different bands coming there and we bring, hey, that's cool. You see all those people in all different aspects. The denominations don't matter. Nothing matters. It's all based around one thing, Jesus Christ, and worshiping him. Things change, don't they? You start to look at people differently. It may just be for a half hour, hour, but at that time, that worship time, things change. It's a powerful thing for the, for the man or the woman or whoever it is that can bring worship out like that and pour it out upon a congregation. Chris Tomlin, Third Days is some of the best because they're my two favorite, one of my two favorites. But they just overwhelm me sometimes. They're good. You know what? And they don't look phony to me. They don't look fake. They look like they're enjoying worshiping God. And, not, and they enjoy it so much that everybody else enjoys it. It's a powerful thing. For the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now, it says my heart, which is this... We unlock the padlock of my heart. It just says, come on, God, come. Please come. Show me what I need to do to change my life. That You'll come. Rescue me. For the courts of the Lord are my heart and my flesh. So my flesh even desires to be around God. Cry out for the living God. They cry out for him. Now, how many of you just cry out for the living God? Are you too busy worrying about what tomorrow is going to bring to cry out for the living God today? Well, then you're not drawing close to God, are you? Your mind is somewhere else. I'm going to tell you what, come around, come around Monday morning, you got to start thinking about Sunday morning. Amen? And if you're thinking about Sunday morning on Monday morning, things are going to go good through the week. Trust me on that one. It will. Now, I'm not going to tell you Satan's going to leave you alone, but things will go smoothly. You'll understand them. You'll see them. You know, we had the, the bad dog in the bad lands. We had a motorcycle pump go out. We had a blow tire blow out of the motor home. It's just things that happen. Amen? You don't have to like them. They just happen. But you just go with it. You don't have to go nuts over it. 
found a home. Let me see here. It says in verse 3, it says, even the sparrow. And he's thinking about the, the, the outer part of the temple. Even a sparrow. Even the, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. The word blessed are those who what? Dwell. Now, is he talking about the house of the church? The, blessed are those who have God in your hearts. You say, well, what's it mean to be blessed? Well, see, that, that's the hardest thing for people is understanding what a blessing is. Because the world, world would tell us a blessing is materialism. The world will tell us a blessing is another, another boyfriend, another girlfriend. i got to stop this for a second. Everybody. I'm going to tell you, the, one of the hardest things I see is that people that think they need other people to satisfy them, to complete them. I, I, and I'm just going to pick on girls a little bit because that's what I see most of. Is, is a woman, a girl, that thinks she has to have a man to complete her life. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm sure it's a joy for Vicki to have me. See, that wasn't much of a laugh, Vic. They know it. But she doesn't have to have me. I don't complete her life. Amen? Jesus Christ completes her life. Say amen, Vicky. Yeah. You don't have to have somebody else to complete your life. In fact, when you have to have that, you're never going to be filled up by God because you're looking for something else to fill your life. Now, if you'll let God fill your life, there's a good chance he'll bring somebody to you that will fulfill your life also. Does that make sense? We just continually want to jump the gun. Stop doing that. It drives me nuts. <laughs> I know it drives you nuts. Wait on God. And everybody, I don't want to wait on God. Wait on God. Wait on God. He's got something more for you than you'd ever imagine. Wait on God. You know, if that's one of the... Everybody say, wait on God. Wait on God. Everybody say it again. Wait on, God. on everything in your life, you do what? Wait on God. Amen. You'll have a blessed life. But when you don't wait on God, you're going to have the life that you have chosen and not what God has chosen for you. And you're not drawing close to God. You can say you're drawing close to God, but you're not. In fact, you're, you're starting to push him away. You're starting to lock the padlock back up. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will be praising you. In 5 it says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. You want to be blessed? You've got to have God's strength, that power of the Holy Spirit to say no. Braden come to us the other day, and he said, right now Braden is at a, uh, what do they call that? It's like an Emmaus walk, but it's for kids. Cr cr what is it? Chrysaline. Thank you. Chrysaline. He's at a Chrysaline this weekend. That's where they're going to go. And we had to write letters to him. We didn't have to, but we wanted to, to write letters to him. That, and he's going to be studying about God this whole weekend. He's getting closer to God. And Emmaus walk is a wonderful thing, too, if you've never been involved with that. I've, I've not been involved, but I've heard about it over and over again from many different people. It's when you go and spend time with other people that are doing the same thing you're doing, and you're spending time. Anyway, Braden is spending time in trying to get closer to God this weekend. And he come up, and one of the first things he said when we got home, the kids just, you know, were all over us when we got home. And, and he says, 
right out of the blue, he says, a junior, some juniors asked me to cut lunch. But I said no. <laughs> you know, that was Braden's. You know, now if I was a junior in high school, if I was a freshman in high school and a junior asked me to cut lunch, I'd say, where's the car? I'm in. Brent, you've been there, ain't you? I'm in, man. <laughs> you know where I'm going. <laughs> I got me on that one there. <laughs> He's going to lunch, in other words. <laughs> well, Braden decided that he knew what was right, and he's over at Columbus North, which is a huge school. And I was very proud of him, but he wanted us to know that he did that. Isn't that amazing? You know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought nothing of it, but he wanted us to know. And I thought, man, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done that. I would have gone because upperclassmen asked me, and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to go. But he's got more to him than I had at his age. He's, he's, he's really gotten closer to God than I ever was at his age. He's 14. Isn't that amazing? Now, he's not perfect by no means. And Brad will tell you that. And Sherry will surely tell you that. But you know what? He's drawing. And this weekend, when he gets out of that, he's going to be drawing closer to God. And draw, God's going to draw closer to him. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And that's that, that travel, that walking when you're coming to church if, if you're blessed if you if God's strength is within you and you're really wanting to be in church now some of us can't be in church every week I know you work in different things but you you want to be there and maybe you, you're, you're creating the church around you when you're not here but people see the glory of God through you and they see something different about you and I want you to continue to tell people, I worship God no matter where I'm at. And because I worship God, His glory is upon me. Now, they're going to give you some strange looks. But isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? As they pass through the Valley of Becca, and that's a, that was a, an area that was, it talks a lot about water and tears and things, but it was also an area that was a, a pull-off, a rest stop. And they would pull off, and there would be all of a sudden these group of people and it was a spring there, and they would gather their water. It was a time of joy, even though some of it, was, some of it could be interpreted another way, but it was a time that they could bring joy to their life. Can you imagine you pull off at a rest park, and you're by yourself, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of good Christian people, maybe a bus full of them, and then that nice. I don't know about you, but I always listen for the words of people. And if I, I hear people speaking about the Bible or their church or something like that, then I perk up and I want to hear a little more. And you can gather around those people, and it becomes a joyful time in your pilgrimage. That's your life. As they pass through the valley of Becca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. It's a, it's a good place to be. They go from strength to strength, from person to person, all over. And, and, and the power that you two may have in your life can pour out of me. Does that ever happen to you guys? That you, you're trying to help somebody, and maybe in return, they're helping you. Isn't it funny how God works sometimes? That you think, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go take care and help this person. And the next thing you know, when you're done, you got more blessed than the blessing you was going to give out. Over and over again in my life, I've had people to talk to, I go to talk to people about something. When I leave, I'm the one that got blessed. It was a great valley. It was a great position, a great place to be. We worship God in a way there that's different 
But the glory of God came down upon our lives. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. That closeness to God. In 8 it says, O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God, of Jacob. O God, behold our shield, which would be the king at the time, and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. And in the song we hear, sing day is water, air, elsewhere, right? Who sings that? Is that Chris Tomlin, maybe? I don't remember. It's a beautiful song. Somebody said me. <laughs> For a day in your courts, look at that. For a day in your court is better than a thousand anywhere else. So how important are your 52 Sundays a year? Do you realize you have 365 days a year, you only got 52 of them that you spend in church? That's not many, is it? And, and out of most of us, maybe we, out of that 52, you know, we may get 48, 40, 47, 50. You, just, you don't get the, the full impact of who God is if you're not with God's people. Does that make sense? O oh Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. This is a prayer he's going to pray. Give ear. He's telling God, give an ear to what I'm about to pray. O oh God of Jacob. He's, he's telling about the Jacob of the past. O oh God, behold our shield. In other words, bless the king. And look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. Now, I guess a doorkeeper wasn't a real good thing back then. I don't know. But me and Buddy have talked about it. I've told you before, I'll be happy to clean the stalls in heaven. Amen? I'll be happy. And I think it, what, what, what they're trying to stress is it doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing, let God's glory shine through your life. And the only way that's going to happen is to draw near to God and worship the God and allow that power of the Holy Spirit overtake your life over and over and over again continually. You say, well, i got the Holy Spirit living in me. Yeah. Does anybody else know it? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. I guess they had some fancy tents back then. I don't know. For the Lord God is, is a sun and a shield. In other words, he's, he's everything to me. He's my protector. He's my light. He's everything to me. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld, with, withhold from those who walk uprightly. Back to James 4, 8, 8. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Now let's see what it says here again. No good thing will be withhold from those who walk uprightly. What does that, what does that mean to y'all? It means no good thing. Isn't that what that means? Did you believe that? You said, well, a blowout in a motorhome is not a good thing. It's just life. Quit, get over it. Amen? Everybody say, just get over it. Because every time you dwell on stuff like that, you're not bringing the glory of God down upon your life for other people to see. You're bringing the glory of sorrow. And the whole world loves that. Then it goes into the glory of drama, which, I don't know, 95% of the people, I know John Blackwell wants no part of drama. But a lot of people love it. That's not bringing glory down, is it? That's not worshiping God in no no area of your life. For the Lord God is the sun and the shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be he will withhold from those who walk uprightly. 
And 12 is a good, wonderful verse. Oh, Lord of hosts. Now, look, he's praying now. And he's, at the end of this prayer, he's prayed all this, and these beautiful words have come out of his heart. And he says, oh, Lord of hosts. Now, how many of you pray like that? You, just, you get into a deep prayer with God, and you, and you recognize who he is. And it's, oh, Lord of hosts. Blessed is the man who what? Trust in you. You want to be blessed again? Blessed is the man who what? So everybody say it. Okay, trust in you. In what part of your life are you trusting in God? If, 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 that's, if that's your words, if that's what you're saying, then you have to recognize, I mean all of it. You can't compromise with God. He won't compromise with you. So what areas? What areas? Now, if there's an area you're picked out, then you're not drawing close to God, are you? You put a stipulation on drawing close to God. But God says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. You just got to understand what drawing close to God is. It's dying of self. It's leaving the old life behind and learning to worship God and bring, allowing that Holy Spirit to just overwhelm you and the glory of God shining through you. Now, what happens when a church, I'm going to close here in a few minutes, but what happens when a, a church full of people, this takes place? People are saved. Lives are changed. Amen? And it doesn't have to be 5,000 people or 20-some thousand people. It doesn't have to be 500 people. It can be whatever God's brought. But that's what has to happen. Amen? Now, I've got a question for you. Are you willing for that? I'm going to start in the next few weeks. We're going to go into some parables in the New Testament, a lot of the parables in the New Testament. So are you willing to, to grow? Are you willing to get close to God? Not, not just individually, but as a church. Are you willing to love the people sitting beside you? And not just the people you have a click with, but the people over the other part of the church. Nancy, I know you love everybody, but are you willing to love Wendy? I know you are, because I know your soul. And Wendy, are you willing to love Nancy? Those are the things. You're sitting like way over here, but those are the things that God wants. Amen? He wants a unity. If we want to be unified with God, then we have to be unified as a church. Amen? And if we're not, the glory of God will not come down. And the Holy Spirit will be shunned. So as, not, as individuals, if we say we want to grow close to God and do these things, then we have to do it with the people that God has given us. Amen? And it doesn't matter if i got a bald smile, ugly or fat or whatever. It doesn't matter. I have to love. Amen? Everybody say, i got to love. Got to love. I gotta love Brent. Now Amy's easy to love. Brent ain't too bad, but some of those jokes, Brent. Now, like the one about the bacon the other day. He said, "Pass the bacon on the Facebook because nobody will in real life." I laughed and laughed over that one, and that's the truth. <laughs> Isn't it good to love people? Isn't it good to love God? Things are so much different in your life when that takes place. I went back to the words for the week for this week. You think about the sermon. You think about what we've talked about. And what's, what's the first word? Why? What's the second word? Wait. Third word. Four. Next word. Eternity. To, to worship. Okay. What's the word after worship? Huh? When? It? Give that to him, please. John? Praise man, come on up, please. Why wait 
for eternity to worship. What are you waiting on? What are you, what are you waiting on? What are you, why wait for eternity to worship when it, when it unleashes God's glory today? Do you want God's glory to be upon your life? To show that? The closeness you have to God? Let me tell you, if you're struggling with understanding how to get close to God, first thing is stay in church. Next thing is keep praying and never quit praying. Praying should be the first, then the church should be the second. Pray, pray, pray. We'll grow close to God. Let's stand, please. Some of you walk out the door and you'll start to lock your, you'll start to lock your heart back up. You'll just, you'll just automatically start thinking about what tomorrow is or whatever it is. And, I, and it's nothing wrong with thinking about what tomorrow is. But how is God going to fit into your tomorrow? How, how, how is the Holy Spirit going to fit into your tomorrow? Are, are you giving that any thought? How is, how is a time of worship going to fit into your life tomorrow? If you want God to draw close to you, then you've got to draw close to God. And those are the things we, we do. And then we start to change what needs to be changed. My biggest change is to continue to love people. It's easy for me to walk away, but I can't. It would be easy for me to walk away, but I can't. Love people. Love them. No matter who they are, what they are, what they look like, it doesn't matter. Love them. I know you can whisper and talk about, look at those whatever going on, or tattoos on their face. But you know what? God loves them. Amen? Amen. You got to love them. And when you're not loving them, you're separating yourself from God. You're starting to lock the padlock back up on your heart. I'm going to open up the tables. If you belong to Jesus Christ, listen to me. If you belong to Jesus Christ, then you're welcome at these tables. If you accept him into your life as your Savior and you've surrendered your life, then you're welcome at these tables. If you've not, then please take care of that first before you come to these tables because that is not what God likes for your life. It's not what he called for for your life. It says to accept him. He had 12 disciples around him at the, end of the, at the Last Supper, and this is where we kind of get this from, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. One of them was the devil, Judas. And he sat there and he ate bread and he broke bread and he drank with Jesus. And then he walked off and Jesus said, go do what you got to do, Judas. And he walked off and went and told the Pharisees where Jesus was going to be. And they came and got him and put him on the cross. Taking communion in an unclean heart. Is no different. If you don't belong to Jesus Christ, then accept him in your life first. Amen? If there's something going on with your life, now we can go almost to the depth of saying, if you're not drawing close to God in your life, 
if you've separated the things that you're not going to change, allow God to change in your life. And you think God's okay with that. And you come and do communion like nothing was wrong. That's not going to be good for you. You need to take care of that first. Between you and God, either there, up here, wherever you want to do it, next week, whatever you want to do it. But those things need to be taken care of. Amen? Amen. Because that will not be blessings upon you. It will be a curses upon you. God takes these things seriously. For some reason in this world and the time we live in, we look at God's word like it's not that serious anymore. It is to God. Amen? And if we want to worship God and draw close to God, then we've got to get back to the simplicity of his word and take it for what it is, not what we determine it to be. Jesus speaks in parables over and over again. Because it, it, it gives us a picture of what he's telling us to do and be. And he uses terms in, in areas they did 2,000 years ago. Maybe we can use different terms with some of the parables today because we live in a different culture. But the meaning is the same. And it's always draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. So as we open up these tables and we start to sing, don't dare come to these tables if your heart's a mess. Don't, don't you do that. That's a warning. Don't do it. I don't need to know your issues, your problems. It's not my deal. It's yours and God's deal. But clean it up because the blood of Christ is upon us. Amen? If you want a clean heart, if you want to draw close to God, then do it and quit saying it. Do it. Amen? Everybody say do it. Come today and enjoy the Lord.